chapter 128, 100, chapter 129, the laws of Rosh Hashanah. When on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem is on a higher level. And this idea is reflected in the, in the words of Kaddish. How do we say, see it? In the words of Kaddish, the Chati Kaddish, are you familiar? What is the last section of the Chati Kaddish? Moshe, could you bring a sitter here? Oh, what does that mean? Higher than any blessing. On Rosh Hashanah, the Kitzer is saying, we have the custom to say, Le'ela, Ule'ela, higher and even higher. But our personal custom and the custom of many is to say only Le'ela, Ule'ela, by Ne'ela of Yom Kippur. But the Kitzer is saying that starting from Rosh Hashanah through Ne'ela of Yom Kippur, we say, Le'ela, Hashem is higher, Ule'ela, and even higher. Because of the heightened um, awareness and elevation of Hashem during this time. Let's see it inside. In every Kaddish that is recited from Rosh Hashanah until after Yom Kippur, the word Le'ela, beyond, is repeated. That is, we say Le'ela, ule, le, we say Le'ela, Le'ela, exceedingly beyond. V'loi bevav Ule'ela, not with a vav. So actually, again, as I mentioned before, <laughs> our custom is that we say Le'ela, Ule'ela, but the custom of the Kitzur's quoting is you say Le'ela, Le'ela, without the Vav in between. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch is quoting is you say Le'ela, Le'ela, not Le'ela, Ule'ela. Joseph, you with me? Yes. Okay, let's, let's continue. Since in this section of Kaddish there must be 28 words, there is a custom that in the, in the Chati Kaddish there are 28 words, and now we're adding another word. What are we going to do? And during the entire year we say Le'ela min kal berchasa. So now, in order to arrive at the same total, we contract the two words min kal to an equivalent single word and say Le'ela mikal birchasa. So we want to have 28 words and we added another one. So instead of min kal, we say mikal. Moshe, Kishmak, you with? Let's, let's continue. Number two. We're going to talk about how we should, we should stand during Rosh Hashanah. Should we be bent over? Should we stand tall? What is the appropriate positioning on Rosh Hashanah of oneself? Number two. Some have the custom of praying on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. All the Shmon Asrei prayers, and we know the Shmon Asrei on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur could be long. Some have the custom to say all of them while bowing and with a bent down heart. So they're bowing and their heart itself, sorry, and, and with a bent down head. So they're bowing and their head itself is even further down. However, we know there's certain sections of Shmona Asrei that you need a bow. Which section of Shmona Asrei must one bow? The first bracha, the beginning and end, modim, at the end. So if you're going to be bent the entire Shemona Esrei, I'm not going to see within you that, you'll fulfill, that you are fulfilling what the Chachamim required of specific times to bend. So if you want to bend the entire Shemona Esrei, right before the sections you need to bend, quickly stand up and then bend again to make it clear that you're actually specifically bending in those sections because the Chachamim said. Let's see that inside. 
However, since one must bow at the blessings of Magi and Avram, and Modim at the beginning and end of the blessings, therefore, several words before reaching those points, one must straighten oneself so that he can bow at those points following the directives of our sages of blessed memory. So by immediately coming up a few words before where you need to bow, and then bowing again, you're being clear, I'm doing this because of the Chachamim said. You know, it's important, I think this is an important point to, to stress, that what our rabbis said, we, we follow because our rabbis said. And if we want to add customs, we shouldn't make it one big custom. We need to differentiate between what the rabbis have said and what I say. Now, you know, what, what, what you have taken upon yourself. So, in this scenario where the rabbis said you need to bow at certain points, if you're going to be extra scrupulous and bow the whole time, still you need to differentiate what you have decided and what the rabbis have told us. Doesn't the Mishnah actually forbid bowing in the tefillah except for those four? Let, let's, let's actually see a little further, a little bit what you're saying. Additionally, it is forbidden to bow at the beginning or end of any blessing where our sages of blessed memory did not institute such bowing. So, actually, there's certain places you need to bow, and because there's places you need to bow, there's certain places you're not allowed to bow. And therefore, however, it is preferable to pray with an erect posture but with a bowed, submissive heart and with tears of sincerity. Because of the, it's much better to daven straight up, but that your heart and mind should be bent over to Hashem. Kind of what you're saying. Regarding that which some are accustomed to, to pray in a loud voice on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the custom should be abolished. Because one should pray silently as one does throughout the year. It's not appropriate to be praying loudly. However, some authorities permit raising one's voice a bit in prayer, if this will help you concentrate, but not very much. So we've said so far that some people have the custom to be bent over the whole prayer. However, you need to make sure not to be bent if you're going to do that by the sections where you must bend right before you stand up. And, then you bend. and second of all, the blessings where, you're, where you need not bend, you're not allowed to be bent at the beginning and end of those blessings. We continued, it's better to be straight up but your heart and mind be bent over. You should not, and you should not pray loudly. Continues the, continues the kitzer and says, you're talking to Hashem. You don't want to, you don't want to have bad grammar. Right? You, you want, if you're going to go and talk to the king, you're going to make sure that your speech is eloquent. So therefore, one should take great care while praying not to alter any words, proper vowelization. And how do you do this? One should seek a sitter or machzer that is very precise from which to pray. So, yeah, you, Moshe, right? If you're going to go and make a speech, are you going to practice it in advance? I would definitely. And uh, you're going to try and make sure your grammar is correct. Right. Well, so some siddurim don't haven't been properly edited for the Hebrew vocalization. And you want to make sure that on such a serious day you have a proper, proper sitter and, proper, and with the proper vocalization. Any questions, Moshe? No. No, okay. God has seen to that for us, I assume. Thank God. The Alter Rebbe sifted through 
think the number is 70, I can't remember, many, many Siddurim when he created his Siddur. And one of the greatnesses of it is the Diktuk within it. Yeah, the exactness of it, yeah. We're going to conclude with talking about two areas of Shmona Esrei. We're starting from Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur. We make, a di- we make some changes. Moshe, could you please bring three Siddurim? And let's follow these sections along. And we'll, we'll make sure we understand the changes. You mean the regular Siddur? Yeah, yeah, the regular Siddur. That would be amazing. Okay, section number three of the Kitzer, but it, as an introduction, let's please turn to it within the annotated Kahas Siddur to page 47. On page 47, you'll see in the blessing of Atakadosh, there is a gray area which says Hamelech HaKadosh. You see that Moshe and Yosef? So during the ten days of repentance, instead of calling Hashem the Holy God, we call Him the Holy King. That's the first section, and the second section was going to be on page 49, where in the second blessing of Hashiva Shoftein, restore our judges, instead of calling Hashem at the end of the blessing, King who loves righteousness and justice, we just focus on the kingship, the king of judgment. So two changes we're going to make. Now what we're going to learn, fascinatingly, is that because Hashem is the king during this time, if you made a mistake in the first blessing, and you said the holy God instead of the holy king, you need to repeat the whole Shemona Esrei. However, on page 49, if you made a mistake, and you didn't change it to the king of judgments, Moshe, on page 49, without the correction in the highlighted area, do we still mention the Hashem being a king? Yes. Yes, and because we mentioned him being king, if we made a mistake, we need not repeat the Shemona Esrei. We will learn, however, it's customary to if, to, if you made a mistake in the second section, it's customary to repeat Shemona Esrei a second time as a present. Let's see that inside. Throughout the entire year, we recite at the conclusion of the third blessing of the Shemona Esrei prayer, HaKel HaKadosh, we say, blessed, blessed are you Hashem, the Holy God. And at the conclusion of the 11th blessing, we say, Malach Ohev Tzedakoh Mishpat, Blessed are you Hashem, the King who loves righteousness and judgment. However, except for the period from Rosh Hashanah until after Yom Kippur, when we must instead say at the conclusion of the third blessing, HaMelech HaMishpat, I'm sorry, HaMelech HaKadosh, the Holy King. And at the conclusion of the 11th blessing, HaMelech HaMishpat, the King of Judgment. Why? Because the reason for these changes is because during these days a holy one, blessed is he, displays his sovereignty by judging the world. In these days Hashem is focusing on being a king. He's judging the world and therefore you want to focus on the third and eleventh blessing on Hashem being king. So far simple, right? So far I'm telling you what you should ideally do. Third blessing, say HaMelech HaKadosh and eleventh blessing HaMelech HaMishpat. What happens if you made a mistake, continues the Kitzer? If one made a mistake and said Hakel Hakadosh, the Holy King during these, the Holy God during these days, or if he is unsure, if he said Hakel Hakadosh or Hamelach Hakadosh, so if you know you made a mistake or if you're unsure, the halacha is: if you realize your mistake within what we call Kedai Dibor, the what is Kedai Dibor? The amount of time of an utterance. 
What utterance are we referring to? Shalom Alecha Rabbi. Three words. Shalom Alecha Rabbi. If, if you go ahead and you say one statement, and within the amount of time it takes to say Shalom Alecha Rabbi, peace unto you, my teacher, you correct it, it's as if you said the, cor the correct statement. It's not much time. One to two seconds, they say. Mm -hmm. But if you waited more, so if you said Hakel Hakadosh, and then immediately like, oh, it's supposed to be a Melech Hakadosh, no problem. It's as if you said that the same thing. If you said, if you said Melech Oif Tzedakah Mishpat, then they're like, ooh, Hamelech Hamishpat. It's as if you said the correct thing right away. However, and that's what it says here. If you realize your mistake within the Kadei Dibur, within that one or two seconds, so then you should immediately say the word Hamelech Hakadosh, and you don't need to go back to the beginning of Shemona Esrei. The same law is by HaMelech HaMishbat. That if you remember within that amount of time, within one to two seconds, quickly correct your mistake. However, if he did not realize his mistake until after the time of Kidei Dib or until after one or two seconds has passed. So then, with regard to the blessing of HaMelech HaKadosh, regarding the third blessing of Shemona Esrei, where instead of saying the Holy King, you said the Holy God, you must go back to the beginning of Shemona Esrei. Even if you're only unsure if you made a mistake. Why? Why do you need to go back to the beginning of Shemona Esrei? Just go back to the beginning of the third blessing. The reason is because the first three blessings of Shemona Esrei are regarded as one. Interesting law. We're not going to deal with now. We'll deal with later on at the law of Shemona Esrei. But the first three blessings are considered one blessing. And if you make a mistake within those first three, you need to go back to the beginning. And this is, um, this is so strong that even if the Chazan makes his mistake, he needs to go back to the beginning of Shemona Esrei and say Kedusha another time. Imagine that. Imagine you said the Kedusha. You said Hashem's name and the whole congregation has responded and then after you finished Ata Kadosh, Hashem HaKadosh, Kedushim B'chol Baruch Ata Hashem, Hakel HaKadosh and you waited two seconds and Moshe calls out, Hey, HaMelech HaKadosh. The law is you need to start over Shemona Esrei and even say Kedusha another time. However, with regard to the blessing of Amelech HaMishpat, the 11th, 11th blessing, even an individual who errs need not go back. Even to the beginning of that blessing alone. Why? Since even when saying the regular version of the blessing, you make mention of the king. You say, Melech Mishpat, the king who loves righteousness and justice. And therefore, you've mentioned king. Through, what this is fascinating. What happens if you got so used to saying Hamelach Hakadosh or Hamelach You said you got so used to saying the correction of the ten days of Tshuva, and after the ten days of Tshuva, you keep on saying Hamelach Hakadosh or Hamelach Hamishpat. Got it, Moshe? So you took the wording from Roshan, <coughs> from between Roshan and Kippur, and you're saying that past that. If one erred and recited HaMelech HaKadosh instead of HaKel HaKadosh in the third blessing, or HaMelech HaMishpat instead of Melech HaMishpat in the eleventh blessing, he need not go back. Okay, so let's just quickly summarize. We, have, we spoke about, next week we'll continue with more changes, but we spoke about the third and eleventh blessing which have a difference during these ten days of tshuva mentioning kingship. And we mentioned the first one is a complete change, and therefore if you miss, missed it, you have to go back completely to the beginning. The 11th is not a complete change, because you already mentioned king within the blessing, and therefore you need not go back 
if you made a mistake there. However, I did mention the Alter Rebbe and his Shulchan Aruch does say that one should, once he's concluded the, the Shmon Esrei, make another present of a Shmon Esrei. You're allowed to make up, you're allowed to dab a Shmon Esrei as a present. So. Any questions? Yeah, I didn't get that part. Uh, Shalom Adesim or something like that? Yes. So, are, do, are you human? Yeah. Have you ever in your life made a mistake? Yeah. Are you able to correct your mistake? Yes. Well, that's what we're talking about here. You're always able to correct a mistake. But the question is, at what point do we say you didn't even make a mistake? It happens so fast, it's as if you didn't make a mistake. Let's say you're, let's say you're in court, and I ask, I ask, you're asked a question, and you give one answer. How much time do you have to, to change your answer before it's called a change? No, it's arbitrary, but I would say immediately. So halacha defines it, the amount of time you have to correct a mistake without it even being called a mistake is the amount of time it takes to, take, to say three words. Shalom Alecha Rebbe. Oh, I see. If within that amount of time you corrected your mistake, it's as if you didn't make a mistake. Oh, I see. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful oh. week.